0: Greetings. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 28 of the Legacy Drawing Board, the podcast journey and experience that wants you to build a stronger, more meaningful legacy by embracing good design principles. I'm your host, Ron Fong. Last, last episode, I talked about three very important concepts in legacy building, and I want to reintroduce them because as you're taking the time to listen to this, I want to make sure I'm clear in terms of my objectives And I articulate the purpose behind this podcast. One is, it again starts with vision. My vision for this podcast is to help, to have people see themselves in the world through the lens of legacy design and building. The second is mission, is to introduce people into the world of design and have them emerge as storytellers. And finally, purpose. Purpose is that there's a perpetual need for leadership, and it causes us to edify others through enduring relationships. I hope that helps frame uh, the efforts of the podcast, and it gives you sort of a roadmap as I talk about today's topics. The first aspect or first segment of this episode will be the uh, voices and vignettes portion, in which I ask people how they define legacy what they're doing to build their legacies, and what barriers they see for their generations in terms of legacy building. For today, Miguel Diaz, a registered nurse, shares his perspectives.
1: Hello, my name is Miguel Diaz. I'm 43 years old. I'm from California. I'm a husband, father, nurse, and overall family guy. When I think of my legacy and what it means to me and how I build it, for me, because it's different from everybody, it's the positive impact I have in the lives of the people I interacted with and how they look at me as a person or my image. Although it can be materialistic, like someone leaving a multi-million dollar business behind, mine is simple. Just to be a good person. Although sounding simple, simple can also be complex. In each hat that I wear, there are many barriers and tests that challenge you. I may not win all the battles, but I learned greatly from the ones I've lost and the ones that I've won. I believe my generation has always been taught to work hard, like go to school, to become successful in a, in a way to fulfill your legacy. My mom immigrated from El Salvador. She was 14 at the time. She became pregnant at 16 and needs to provide for herself and her daughter. She started to work at Pacific Bell at age 19, and 30 years later, retired as a manager. While working at Pacific Bell, she became interested in real estate, and she went for it. Eventually, she made more money working at real estate than working at a a full-time job, and she was doing real estate only part-time. She eventually bought the company she worked for and became a broker and still runs it today. That was her legacy. And she leaves, she's leaving it to my brother when she retires. She always taught me to work hard and it shaped that part of my legacy, the career portion. And today I'm a registered nurse. Although there are two totally different fields, her legacy affected me positively by seeing her build her empire and how it paid off. And she was able to do so while being a single teenage parent at first to raising a whole family of four. Part of my legacy was to be in healthcare. As a young child, I knew I wanted to help people. I saw how hard my mom had worked with their barriers of being an immigrant and teenage mom, and knew I could be whatever I wanted to be. One barrier that did not deter my goal that I had and, uh, for becoming part of the healthcare system was that I became a teenage parent myself. And no, I was not trying to follow my mom's exact footsteps, but it happened and I knew I had to take responsibility, just like my mom did. I was 16 when my first child was born, and it was very difficult. My life changed forever, but it also made me grow up fast. It somewhat shaped me at first as a young adult. I was fortunate enough to receive help from my parents and the parents of my son's mom but I was also determined to become independent and work hard to get there. I moved out at age 23, worked part-time at a restaurant, and continued to take college classes, all while paying it all myself. I also received my real estate license at age 25, but I knew this was not part of my legacy. Balancing life was difficult then, trying to balance work, family time, and school, But little by little, one chunk at a time, I received my nursing degree at age 34. Becoming a registered nurse was one of the biggest accomplishments in my life. Wearing the nursing hat, my legacy is to leave positive impact on people who I cross paths with. For example, one goal I have every shift is to make someone laugh or smile. Sometimes littlest things matter the most. And I feel if you can make someone smile or laugh when they're not feeling the greatest or at their lowest, it can be very impactful. I like to talk to my patients, too. I like to get to know them personally rather than focusing on why they're in the bed or only focusing on why they're in the bed. I believe individualizing everyone's care is very important as everyone's different and has different needs. One story that I remember when I first started that reinforced my approach is when I was taking care of this gentleman. I was talking to him as I usually talk to all my patients and he saw me mid-sentence and said, you know what, I like you. And I asked, why? And he said, because you talk to me. Sometimes we become too task-oriented and forget we're dealing with people. Another thing I do in my practice As when I encounter a patient who speaks a different language, I always ask how to say a word in their language and use it to interact with them. This has gotten me many smiles and also many laughs, but the laughs mainly because of my pronunciation. But they see that I'm interested in them, that I want to learn about them, communicate with them, and that I'm not just giving them medicine. Another story that I would never forget was of this young person who was diagnosed with cancer. They were going through the first cycle of chemo and one day just had enough. They wanted to give up. They were done with chemotherapy. They were tired with the many days of the hospital and felt trapped with no light to be seen at the end. I talked to them, tried to calm them down and it took a bit but finally was able to. I took them to the healing garden to get a bit of fresh air and we sat in silence. We didn't speak a word. After 10 minutes, they were okay to go back inside. When they arrived back to the room, they were silent but calm and agreed to finish the treatment. Little did I know how much of an impact this had on them. They later said, I saved his life and that he would always remember me. Years later, I ran into this person at a restaurant They were with friends and I went up to them to say hi. He introduced me by, this is the nurse who saved my life. It was such a great feeling and reinforced that this is what I was supposed to do with my life. This was fulfilling my legacy of being a registered nurse and the impact that I left on someone. You don't always have to feel like you have to move mountains to make impact. Sometimes it's little things that matter the most to make the greatest impact and can last forever. Thank you very much for listening.
0: When Miguel was talking, what I was struck by was the narratives he talked about and how they resonate for so many of us. One, he talked about the immigrant experience and for that, it's also, it can apply not only to moving to a different uh, country geographically, but also in terms of just movement in life as we go through stages. He talked about his mom in terms of her entrepreneurial spirit. And that's always, to me, a very compelling storyline. The fact is that you saw something or you were doing something and you took the time and effort, the energy to, to change. And change is very difficult for us. Yet, there is something that is so compelling that driving you that you're willing to make that sacrifice to try something entirely different. Always love the compelling storyline of entrepreneurs. Miguel reminded us that legacy building and life is nonlinear. As much as we would like to have a straight path that we follow sequentially, A followed by B and C and so forth, that we'll get to wherever we want to be. And for him, he tried different things. He had to go through different events in his life, oftentimes things that he probably would have preferred not to do, yet they happened. And he made the best of them. He, uh, he was persistent. Uh, he kept going. And as, through those efforts of his persistence, he found meaning. He found meaning in terms of being a registered nurse. It connected him to not patients, but to people. People in a situation in which they're very vulnerable or they're in pain, they're scared. And he was, he liked that because he wanted to provide some degree of comfort or to remind them that they that the patient still had value, that they uh they have value, that they need that value to be cared for. Miguel also reminds us that there's no such thing as a small act of kindness. Kindness, we might think, comes in different sizes, and perhaps it does, but I think in terms of its impact, if you're willing to make an effort to connect to someone in a spirit of kindness, that is not a small thing. In our society, we are very accustomed to instant gratification or instant response. Here is that many times acts of kindness are something that you may never be aware of in terms of the fruit that grows from that seed. But in his case, he was fortunate enough in which that individual was able to come back to him or return back to his life. And years later, and say, Miguel, thank you for doing that. It made such a difference. So, again, no such small thing, uh, no, no such thing as a small act of kindness. For today's uh, topics, I'm going to talk about decision making and how its impact in terms of your life's meaning. Life is a series of decisions and a very key question to ask yourself is what is your decision-making process? Do you have, have you established what I call the board of um, mentors, a collection of people that you can go to, that you can talk over, and they won't necessarily give you the answer, but they can guide you and they could help you grow in terms of even your uh, process of decision-making. What is your true north? What is that guiding principle? What are lines that you will not cross in terms of your decision-making? Again, life is a series of decisions. Think about it. the decisions that you have made or decisions that you will be making. What college will I attend? What profession will I pursue? Whom do I marry? Do I rent or I buy? But again, a key question in terms of your decision-making process is what will you not I want to refer to uh, Eric Lytle. He was the Scottish missionary whose life was portrayed in the uh, 1981 film Chariots of Fire that won the uh, Academy Award for Best Picture. In it, Eric is a champion runner and he excels in the 100 meters. He is set to, he's preparing, he's training for the 1924 Olympics in Paris. And he finds out that the heats for the 100 meters fall on a, Saturday, uh, on a Sunday. And he has to make that decision on whether to run on a Sabbath or not. And he doesn't. He says, no, I will, I will not run on a Sabbath. He sticks to his convictions. He, wins, he winds up running the 400 meters and he wins a gold medal. And there was a bit of drama. Uh, they dramatized the effects. They magnify the uh, the storyline because Eric Lido did not make that decision on the boat uh, as it's uh, depicted in the movie. He actually knew about it. He studied uh, well ahead of time when the heats would be for the hundred meters, and he knew it's going to fall on a Sunday. Therefore, he trained for the two and four hundred meters, and that's actually quite an undertaking, going from one hundred to two hundred four hundred meters. Nonetheless, is that. His convictions propelled him to plan, and he stuck with it. So Eric Lido, his legacy is defined in large part by what he would not do. And I will now reference the Ten Commandments about thinking about things like, you know, what lines will we not cross? What are our boundaries? We, many people will think of the Ten Commandments as being very restrictive, very prohibitive. And I could I appreciate that because of the wording. And the Ten Commandments begins with shall not for nine of the ten. The first one is you shall have no other gods. Uh, two, shall not make any graven images. Three, shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Four, keep the Sabbath holy. So even though the command begins with a directive of to do something, it follows by you shall not do any work. Afterwards, so there is a shall not, and that's what applied to uh, Eric Lido. Number five is that it's a directive: honor your mother and father. Six is shall not kill. Seven shall not commit adultery. Eight shall not steal. Nine shall not bear false witness, and ten shall not covet. These are guidelines for relationships. The first four deals with relationships with God, and the second, the latter six. Deals with relationships with with uh, people, for your your fellow uh, beings. Here, that again, if you think about them as being restrictive, that's one way of looking at it. But the, conversely, is that by having boundaries and guidelines ahead of time in terms of your decision making process and in terms of pursuing your legacy, it can be very helpful because that way you know where not to go astray. It's an efficient tool. It helps you not waste efforts or, again, hopefully helps reduce your regrets. Establishing your true north is extremely important. And it ties into your mentors. Will people be able to reinforce what your values are, what your uh, ethics are? And that goes back to your culture building. What type of culture are you building and what kind of culture are you participating in? Extremely important concepts and fundamentals for your legacy building. Wanted slightly pivot from that in terms of looking at uh, a recent book. It's by Bruce Feiler's, Bruce Feiler, I'm sorry, called uh, The Search, Finding Meaningful Work in a Post-Career World. And he wrote a essay about it uh, that gives, gives a summary in the Wall Street Journal in the June, or the weekend edition of June third to fourth, and talking about post-career world parallels our post-pandemic world. People are scrambling, or left people scrambling, and things that they thought about, and there have been some uh, such upheavals in terms of uh, organizational structures or the institutions that we thought about, and with the pandemic, it really changed things. It changed things to such a degree that people are now starting to perhaps look at things differently or re-examine the process in which they were employing or the track that they were on. In the article, Bruce Feiler talks about success and how people are rede- redefining success and how they're having a, a greater articulation to it. The one, uh, he talks about success as three things or redefinition of it. The first one is that success is digging, not climbing. Before we would think about verticality of our careers and even our lives, that you would go up the rung of the ladder and it would be pretty linear. And that, again, it'd be sequential and in a vertical manner. But here, he, uh, Feiler talks about digging where you now look inward. You look to see what's your core values. You look to see who you are. And you remove the trappings of the world or what the world defines as success. And you ask yourself the hard questions. You ask yourself, and one of the toughest things of, of of this task is you're asking yourself to be honest. What really has meaning for me? What is really important? because you're gonna involve sacrifice for this. So that's again, success is digging, not climbing. His second summary was that success is meaning, not means. And he quoted, there's two uh, statistics that he he cites. The first one is that millennials and Gen Z workers rate work-life balance as their top priority, far above a high salary. The idea now that uh, how you want to do things, when you want to do things, where you want to do things. Having authorship of your story is extremely important. And again, it's not about means, it's not about the money. So the ask, you know, throwing more money as a as a way as a solution is not just, it's never a good idea. It's a lazy way of doing things. And people are examining again, going back to the digging. They're saying, what's really important to me? I have limited time here. I think the pandemic has accelerated our ideas of timelines and that realize that tomorrow's not guaranteed. When's the next pandemic? Therefore, I need to make the most of today. Meaning and getting back to meaning is that give it thought. What is the meaning? What is the purpose? How do you articulate that? What drives you? What gets you up, go to get wake up in the morning? What will sustain you through the tough times? Going back to Miguel is that he, again, had a very nonlinear path, but he found the meaning. He found the meaning that it was to connect with people when they're in the most vulnerable uh, situations and to be able to provide them with comfort, to be able to provide them with hope, to have them remain connected. And that's so important because many times, in the hospital, people are isolated. Uh, they're, perhaps they don't have family and friends, which is a, a shame. It, 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 it's, a, it's borderline tragedy. And for nurses who come in contact with the patients much more than physicians, that's just uh, a blessing. And Miguel saw himself in that capacity, and it gave him meaning, and it propelled him to do the work that he is doing. The third Uh, observation by filing was that success is a story, not status. Status is what other people will um, bestow upon you. Status is how other people see you, but story is the personal. And I get a chance to wedge in my favorite, one of my favorite quotes from uh, author John Barth who said, quote, the story of life is not your life, it's your story, end quote. Story, story, so powerful because it connects us. I love Miguel's vignette, his story. It gave us a glimpse in terms of his life and a meaning by life. And I go back to my mission of this podcast to introduce people into the world of design and have them emerge as storytellers. By being a storyteller, you are now following your manuscript, You are giving voice to your vision. You are saying, this is my story. I'm going to share this with you. But again, I'm not going to be defined. Uh, I'm not going to have others write my story for me. I'm not going to have others tell my story for me. I'm going to be the curator. I'm going to be the creator of my story. And I read, um, I'm sorry, and the other statistics I forgot uh, in terms of, meaning, not means, is that 9 out of 10 workers said they would give up a quarter of a lifetime, not annual earnings, lifetime earnings, to do meaningful work. So people are seeing that in this very, at times, transitory uh, phases of life or aspects of life, that money is, you know, the days of, I think, a pension and all those things. And we see what happens going on in the stock market. Uh, Just so much is going on in terms of inflation, monetary values, and so forth. That people were saying that I, I can't bank on that as having. I can't look at my uh, my balance sheet as saying that's what's going to define my legacy. You know, I I don't quote unquote win the game because I have a higher dollar amount. And they would think about that. They would give up twenty five percent or lifetime earnings to do meaningful work. These workers, they're they're looking for something, or these, these people, they're looking for something perhaps not necessarily different, but now they're unearthing it. Now they realize that with a, so perhaps a cleansing from the pandemic, they're seeing things differently or things that were always there but were covered because they were adhering to uh, other people's perception of what success was. His book involved interviewing, I think, hundreds of people throughout America and, and I think some in, um, internationally too, but mostly in, Amer- uh, in America. And he asked them, you know, how did they pivot? How did they go from this to this or various fields, various demographics? And asked them, you know, why did you do this? Why did you make this change? Why did you make the sacrifice? And, you know, what's, was it worth it? And for many of them, it was absolutely worth it that they found meaning. And for many of them, I found, again, uh, uh, the, the sort of DNA of entrepreneurship, Many people said, I need to write my own story. I need to have a platform in which I can give voice to my values. And a fair number of them did, did so through entrepreneurship. There's one very early in the book about a woman who was, uh, I forgot, she was in maybe corporate America, and it just got, the environment got very toxic. Uh, she was uh, constantly sexually harassed. She brought it up to her supervisor who did absolutely nothing and she decided, I'm not going to do this. Again, she made a, a clear decora- declaration this is what I'm not going to put up with. You know, My dignity, my, so many other things I need to keep intact. I'm not going to put up with this. She left. And at times it was a bit scary. She left her job and her family was depending on her income. She had to Finding a source of income, and she went to I think uh, being a, a seed distributor, in terms of helping you know people grow things, and she found meaning in terms of that because uh, it's something that she enjoyed doing. It connected her with people all across the globe, and the fact is that she was helping people grow things was uh, very meaningful uh, to her. So we think about this in terms of you know th- having meaning in your life. It's very important because you can't build a legacy unless you have meaning because you're trying to deliver a message and a message has to have meaning or else no one will listen. Where's where's the application of all this I talked about? All right, here's the homework portion for you. Time to roll up the sleeves. Take pen to paper or fingers to keyboard and write down what your vision is for your life, or your legacy. Then write down what your mission is. And write down what your purpose is. It'll take some time. Perhaps you never even thought about this. Therefore, you'd say, we're going to begin. But just begin. So like most cases of writing, just beginning, will get the ball rolling. And the first iteration won't be your last iteration. Look, Don't look for perfection, but look for progress. And this is the last part. Ask yourself and write it down so it's before you, so it's tangible, so it's a reminder. What will you not do? What will you not compromise? What line will you not cross? Because that will help you in terms of having a, not a narrower focus, but a tighter focus, a clearer focus of how to move forward. You won't be distracted by temptations. You won't be distracted by things that have no meaning to you or have absolutely won't contribute to what you're doing. Again, I'm going to ask you for the homework, do it. And I would love to hear feedback on it. What's your vision? What is your mission? What is your purpose? And what will you not do? Please send your comments, your critiques and suggestions for topics to my email address, rfong at truenorthshepherding.com. If these concepts of uh, building your legacy, designing it through uh, employing um, the principles of good design, if that's starting to uh, resonate with you or you, you want to go forward, you want to have more guidance, uh, I'm, I invite you to then visit my website and sign up for a complimentary session of how we can work together to build the legacy that you want, and to grow in terms of your uh, abilities to storytell, to give clarity to your vision, to give uh, power to your mission, and to elevate your purpose. Uh, For my next episode, I will talk about why good writing is essential to your legacy building and how to improve your writing skills. Until then, take the time and care to tend to your legacy, because when you do, we all benefit.